Welcome to the Town Tailgate Podcast. I wish it was in better um, circumstances, but um, today's episode is going to be heavy um, A's move to Vegas talk because we didn't get to touch on it. We literally released the episode two hours before that news came out last week. Um, So, you know, we'll go back to the old format next week, but we feel that a lot of this episode needs to touch on our feelings towards that and kind of just hit every angle conversationally that we can go. Um, I think that Danny Ocean said it best in Ocean's Eleven, um, Julio, the house always wins. I Until you get that lucky hand where you beat the house. But no matter what, the house still takes you. I didn't know where that was going to go from there. I actually just watched the oceans, the first ocean movie for the first time Dude, in years. I would say a years ago. that's like top five most rewatchable movies for me. It is a it's a, a hell of a fun movie. Yeah, I, a, I I I mean I could that movie can be on cable halfway through and I'll still I'll sit there and I'll watch the rest of it. Love that movie. Love that movie. Hate well, that we have to keep talking about Vegas still. I think we're going to have to, I mean, until they move to Vegas, it's going to be a thing now. Or they don't move. Yeah, we can unpack that in a little bit. But uh, The initial reaction, well, one, the fact that this news, this article broke from, I think it was like the Las Vegas Review Journal or something like that. The fact that that news broke at uh, 9 p.m. Pacific on a Wednesday night um, is pretty on brand for this ownership group for uh, for Dave Cavill for this whole crew. We kind of we shouldn't expect it otherwise. Uh, when we jumped, so later that night, um, our pal Mr. Alex Espinoza, how the hot dog guy. Uh, they put together a uh, Twitter Spaces. Twitter Spaces, yeah. Yeah. There was like and, 300 people in that Twitter Spaces. And, uh, K- and Casey Pratt was in there, and he was speaking yeah. about it a little bit. And he's like, this was 1,000% intentional mm. because right now in this region, all everybody's talking about is Warriors-Kings. All the coverage is going to that. So he's like, I think they wanted to do that to kind of like brush over this, uh, this story. And not going to lie, that night was – extremely sad <laughs> that that twitter spaces room was extremely sad but like i'm not saying that as a negative thing it's just like we all felt like we had just lost a family member and like or we just found out that they're like terminally canceled cancer have terminal cancer and we have to sit there and watch them just suffer for the next year before they eventually croak you know it's just like it's a weird situation. I think that a lot of people did say a lot of important things. Gabe, who knows a lot about the situation, spoke a lot about um, the situation in Vegas, which I think was really great, and what we're what the A's are facing in Vegas, and what the potential of um, you know them actually going through with it and moving. Um, but. You know, and they have to get five, they have to get legislation in Vegas to approve five hundred million dollars in public money. Vegas citizens are already kind of frustrated that they're paying money for the Raiders. You know, there's a lot of levels to this. 
I don't know. I mean, I, I think the first frustrating reaction I would get is nothing but f- text messages from friends. Just like most of them annoyingly, like just very, um, like I would say very, uh, tone deaf. I told you so. It's like, dude, what, why would you think that that's what I want to hear right now? Like that's so insensitive. Were they Giants fans? Uh, yeah, most of them were Giants fans, but I I did have a few Giants fans that were super sympathetic. Like Jesse, one of my best friends, the first thing he said to me was like, "I'm sorry," and like that's unfortunate. He wasn't a dick about it. My uncle was the same thing, but there was plenty of Giants fans that were, I don't know, they you know people like to say "I told you so" even when they never said it in the first place. It's just like a thing, but like that, and then like just kind of the realization that like you know we've been hearing this for two years. And you don't really believe it to be real, and then like that just made it like super fucking real. It it was the yeah. It felt like the realest thing that could possibly happen until there's shovels in the ground, kind of thing. And that's fine. I you posted you you tweeted that Julio, and I get that. But like at this point, it's it's pretty fucking real. They're gone to me at this point. This, really, this is it feels like. This is terminal cancer, and they've been diagnosed, and it's it's done. I, I I just don't see a world like let's okay let's let's go let this is probably too early to be doing this, but since we're already going here, let's go down this like this rabbit hole and see where it takes us. Let's say Vegas denies them the five hundred million dollars public money. Let's say that they deny them the land that they think they're going to get. Let's say all the things that they need. I think it's a list of like eight things that they need to go in their way, which is like the same list of eight things that they need in Oakland, which is kind of funny about it. Let's say they hit a standstill in Vegas, too. Where do you go from there if you're John Fisher? Sell. Sell. So as someone sitting in our position, it's very easy to think that way. I totally get that. And I think that's kind of the problem with – A's Twitter right now is that we're only looking at it from our side. We're not looking at it from the other side. And it's so rational for us to be like, oh, well, Vegas doesn't want the team. So then he'll just be forced to sell. And it's like, well, not necessarily. Then there's still Portland. There's still Nashville, which is probably going to get an expansion team. But you never know. There's still Salt Lake City. Like, there's all these places that they could do that. And... Knowing how John Fisher has been so resilient in the situation now, what would make me to believe that after Vegas, that's the breaking point he finally sells? I think it's not going to be his option. I think it's get, the biggest thing that's come out from this last week. Well, one, something we've already known is that him and Cavill are just as are dumber than we thought they were. Even more yeah. than before, they they pretty much put out this huge statement through the Las Vegas Review-Journal article, and then they have quotes from Dave Cavill in there. They have quotes from Rob Manfred in there. But, like, nothing has been secured. There is no there is no rendition of the artist rendition of the stadium. They still have $500 million that they need to get from public money. Keep in mind, in Oakland, they're asking for $80 million. The city mm-hmm. is like, we'll cover the rest. You just need to get $80 I thought it was million. $800 million. Oh, oh, no, no. The state's putting up the the yeah. – the, that's right. It's the, the st- I think Gavin Newsom talked about it. He had – there was like a grant that they got from the federal government of like hundreds of millions of dollars set aside that he said he would be willing to put down for the stadium. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's I think it's $80 million. Yeah, it's not a lot. And there is so many like um, 
so many lines that they've already crossed over with getting this stuff built in Oakland that they pretty much have to go back and start from scratch in Vegas to keep that going again. There's a yeah. bunch of like legislature legal stuff that we have no idea that Casey Pratt will has been able. Yeah, I been, couldn't even begin. To yeah, he's just that. been on it from day one on this, and he's done such a great job for it. Where people like us who have no idea about the real estate world, about property value world, he can at least articulate it to break it down to dummies like us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what's been happening too the last week is you're starting to see the national real uh the real opinion of what how they've really starting to see what john fisher's been like to the franchise and to the fans for the last 15 years or when did he buy the team or last 18 years where you're starting to see guys like ken rosenthal coming out and being like they he is dismantling this franchise this is not an ace this is not a Mm -hmm. fan problem this is not a player problem like it's an ownership and his the group's problem yeah they've been pretty much like they talk about everybody they've traded in the last five years. Dontrell Willis yesterday was on um, pregame for the Fox Sports National game, whatever it was. And he was pretty much saying the same thing. Like, we've always had all this talent here. He's like, the Oakland A's saved my life. I was like, I don't know what my life would have been growing up as a kid in, in Oakland, Alameda, if I didn't have the outlet of going to A's games growing up. And it made me fall in love with baseball. And people are catching on to his shtick. And I think it's going to get – I'm my hope is – People in baseball are starting to realize all this money that they've been giving to this franchise Mm -hmm. is resulting in nothing. John Fisher is pretty much pocketing all this chump change that's getting from revenue sharing around baseball. And I think there's going to be a point, and this might my freaking hope is that this is the breaking point where, like, you know what? We've had enough of this dude. Mm -hmm. He's not getting the job done. He's obviously doesn't care about his organization and he doesn't care about his fan base. If even if you got somebody like I forgot who the Reds owner is, that guy's known for being a major cheap ass, but at least he's yeah. gotten a stadium and at least they have top prospects that they can look forward to. They just have nothing like that right now. Yeah. And I think that's this is the boiling point where shit are off it, the pot. You said it best about national coverage finally. So Ken Rosenthal did a big piece, which thank God, because that, you know, of the top three names in, in baseball. I mean, in baseball media, you know, he's one of those names. So to see him cover that and go deep and dive into it and write a full, like, feature in The Athletic about it to, like, kind of get eyes on it helps a lot. Also, um, uh, Damon Amadolara on his radio show, he does the morning show for CBS Sports Radio. He's been covering it a lot, which is great, but, like, before that, it was like so frustrating the lack of national national coverage. It's like people didn't understand where we were coming from. So of course, their natural in, in inclination is to just assume that it's because you know fans just don't care about the team, and especially when you have like publications like the San Francisco Chronicle who constantly are constantly and constantly putting out uh, putting out trash about how like there's no fan base here. Uh, you know, it it it's almost feels like a little bit of a, a calculated move by them in order to like paint um, a narrative that this is Giants territory and Giants territory only. Even though Giants have are having massive, also massive attendance issues, but that's a whole different story. That goes deep into just 
kind of the fall of the American city going on right now since the pandemic, and we don't have to dive into that. But that's our NPR podcast. Yeah, yeah, for for <laughs> real, dude. Actually, if you want to listen to a good podcast about that, I would listen to um, um, uh, fuck, what's it called? I don't I know, know which one you're talking. Plain English. About. Yes, from uh, Derek Thompson. This last episode, he actually dove into that, and it made a lot of sense. Um, anyway. So uh, it's nice to see that. I mean, even like Hannah K- Ke- Hannah Keezer did like a, a podcast episode and brought on an A's fan. That's been good. But like, good God, the national coverage on this for the past three years has been just like a joke. And it's been so frustrating. And I hear you. But like, I just I mean, I just don't I it's hard to be like optimistic that that's going to get the job done if it doesn't end up in Vegas. Who knows? Maybe Vegas is like. Fuck yeah, let's do it. Bring that fucking baseball team in here and let's go to town. The other thing that, again, this is just me, my hopes and my kind of aspirations here. I think Mark Davis is actually Mark Davis, Las Vegas Raiders owner. Yeah. Clarification. Yeah, yeah. I think he's actually might have a big hand in making sure. Oh yeah, that and the he's Vegas, He's he's uh, he is legitimately pissed off. He 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 believes and like that article I think stated it based on his, just his tone. I I uh I think a lot Let of people are, are reading in that. Yeah, I think a lot of people are reading into that being like, oh, this is a calculated move by Mark Davis. He's just trying to like bring the Oakland families back. Like, no, I think that he actually believes that the A's were the ones that forced them out of town. So here's the full quote. Uh, this is an article. This was from. Uh, an interview he recently did with, again, the Las Vegas Review Journal, where he said, I won't forget what they did to us in Oakland. They squatted on a lease for 10 years and made it impossible for us to build on that stadium. We were looking for a new, they were looking for a new stadium. We were looking for a new stadium. They didn't want to build a stadium and then went ahead and signed a 10 year lease with the city of Oakland and said, We're the base team. What's crazy about that, too, just real quick, Julio, is that the Warriors were already on their way out. So they had space to build two ballparks, two stadiums there if they really wanted to because they could tear down the the um, Oracle Arena if they really wanted to. That's true. And I haven't been to Oracle or Oakland Alameda Arena now, but from yeah. what everybody's saying, it's, it's yeah, it's definitely decrepit. It hasn't been kept up. Uh, Mark Davis continues to say they marketed the team as rooted in Oakland. That's been their mantra through the whole thing. The slogans they've been using been a slap to the face of the Raiders, and they were trying to win over the type of mentality in the barrier, while all they did was fuck the barrier. He actually said fuck? Yeah. That's cool. It's an expletive of the barrier. That's what's um, This is uh, the most – this is the biggest moment where I'm like, yeah, you're out, Davis's son. <laughs> Hearing him say that, I'm like, yeah, you're out, son. I love that shit. Yeah. But – And we you... all know that Davis's family's endless, endless – pursuit of a football stadium and it's it's almost like it's almost like their their calling card you know what i mean it's almost yeah. it's like the, it defines their family like the history of al davis trying to find a stadium the history of mark davis like they just could never get it done what's the quote from uh, the scene from uh, the incredibles when he's like it defines who i am and literally <laughs> dude like with dash i mean if you think about it allegiant was the first ever brand new stadium that the raiders have ever gotten yeah it took them like 38 years. They left Oakland they... for LA because they couldn't get a new stadium. They left LA for back to Oakland because they couldn't get a new stadium. And then they left Oakland for Vegas because they can, couldn't get a new stadium. But um, I was talking a bit about this with my brother Mondo. Mondo, if you're listening, thanks. Um, but we're, he brought up a good point that it's like Mark Davis, that guy is 
everywhere in Vegas now. You watch yeah. any, you watch a UFC event, Mark Davis is there. And you and watch. I think he purposely, like, I, I don't want to say forces, but tries to encourage, heavily encourage Raiders players to go to things like that. Raiders players are always at UFC fight night. Yep. Max, Max Crosby is like the mayor of Vegas now. He, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I swear to God, it's like every single fight night I watch is like, we got some Raiders in the house. It's like, I guarantee Mark Davis is like, hey, Make an appearance at the at the UFC fights this this Saturday oh, on me on me you know what I mean. So, dude, this I think this is going to be a real tell because like it really genuinely likes like he does not like John Fisher. He owns at all. He owns two of the three sports teams in that town. Like he, I mean, and one of the as, teams already as, brought and one of the teams brought a title. Yeah, it's crazy as that sounds. Like he, I mean, it is kind of his town now. As as wild as that is, but yeah. So I I my hope is that like. He's probably in the ear with a lot of these government officials. Yeah, where he's pretty much like all the people. He's the relationships he's built over the last four years, five years or so, probably longer. Where he's like, it's I, I tweeted this too. If Mark Davis is calling you a piece of shit, then you, my friend, are a gigantic piece of shit. So yeah. I think that's gonna. I think they they're rubbing a lot of people wrong in Vegas, and that was another alleged story that's coming out yeah. from. Um, I can't remember the Twitter account, but that's somebody who's been doing a lot of like undercover Vegas sports mm-hmm. um, stories. So when a lot of the Raiders stuff was breaking, this person was like the first to do it. Yeah. Um, but the story is that Dave Cavill and John Fisher have just been alienating a ton of people in Vegas and that people mm-hmm. and that a lot of government officials are just so sick of Dave Cavill and like his, I went to Stanford, I'm smarter than you shtick that it's getting to the point where they're like, they're kind of losing a little bit of trust with those guys. Mm-hmm. So it comes from it comes for me to say that this point last week was me thinking sky is falling, we're dead. I'm gonna have to find a new team. Sure, but a week later now, after hearing a lot of stuff that's been going on, everything that still has to happen, uh, I'm kind of back to where I was. Before I found out about the news, nothing to me is concrete. Nothing to me is legitimately telling me that this team is Oakland because there's still so much they have to do. And it sounds like they've even put up even more barriers for them to go over than what they've previously had to. And didn't they break in a, like a, a like, I want to say it was like a contract or a written agreement with the city of Oakland that they weren't going to like make those negotiations public or something like that. And, and yeah, and that was the big thing that, um, negotiations with Vegas. I mean, um, that's the big thing that came out of the negotiations. The new mayor of Oakland, uh, I'm pulling up her name now because I forget it. I'll and we'll, I want to dive into the like politics side of this after this, but uh, yeah, just saying. but uh, Shang, uh, Mayor Shang Tao, she just was brought in at the beginning of the year, yeah. replacing Libby Chef. But she's like, we had made progress last week in our last meeting with the group. Mm-hmm. We made some pretty big progress with it. And then next week they put this article out there and that she's like this to me, they're negotiating in bad faith. And because of this, we're ceasing negotiations with the team. Mm -hmm. So now people are speculating that Dave Cavill more or less leaked this on purpose to kind of get even more leverage from the city. Mm -hmm. But the shit just blew up in their face now and they look even dumber than they have in the past. Yeah. So I want to dive into politics. So at the same time, I hear you, but um, like the city of Oakland is not like their hands are not clean here. No, not at all. 
No. And I, I want, I don't think a lot of people have touched on that. He's Twitter, you know, um, baseball media. No one's really dove into that aspect of it. And I want to do that. The A's presented a pretty generous proposal for the Howard terminal site this time last year. And the city, whether it be ignorance, whether it be stubbornness, whatever, denied that proposal. And they proposed something else, or and they approved a proposal to the A's that the A's had not signed on for. So it's like, and you know, according to the the, the negotiations for that first like proposal um that the A's presented to the city was like they had hammered that out with the city for months so when that city council meeting came up and the A's were denied that proposal and Dave Cavill stood there in shock he was that was like legit shock because he thought the deal was done because they had worked for years on that thing you know so like at the end of the day yes it is ownership for many other reasons, because we've seen so many signs of why it's mainly ownership's fault. You know, the team that they put on the field, how they spend their, how they do the payroll, the renovations that they, the lack of renovations they try to do on the Coliseum, blah, 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 blah. But the city, uh, um, citizens of Oakland, the city, your, your government failed you. I hate to break it to you. You're, they fucking failed you. And like, that cannot be, that cannot go unsaid. It needs to be talked about more. I think so too, um, in, in some extent, because what's his, who's the who was the guy uh, uh, representing? I think the actual uh, district that the Coliseum is in. Yeah, Gallo, Gallo, Gallo. Yeah. Uh, that guy totally sucked. Yeah, and like it was people like him who were. He wasn't wrong in saying what. Everybody, a lot of other people have been saying that he was the one who's really pounding his chest over. Mm-hmm. You have a site here at the Oakland Coliseum site. Build yeah. on that site. Um, and now it's really starting to come full circle. People are like, yeah, you should have been building on that site. But it's, it is it is a city full. I don't know. That but- site. That site's great. And I think if the Raiders and A's are both there, there's a lot of potential with that site. You could build like a stadium village around it. But if it's just the A's like that, I don't know. Hear me out. Here's my... Um, uh, Julio's feeling way too optimistic. Been, uh, just been having nothing but hopium for yeah. the last week. Ten years down the line, let's look ten years in the future of Oakland. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have a brand in one part of the lot. You have a brand new A stadium right there, adjacent to said lot. You're gonna have a potential uh, either minor league or MLS stadium. Mm-hmm. Oakland Roots shortly after the news of uh vegas or the a's buying that vegas site announced that they're in the process of acquiring a plot of land in the oakland coliseum parking lot to build a stadium over there so they don't mm-hmm. have to play at the lake merritt uh community college stadium anymore or for a chabot community college no chabot either way it's oakland will correct me um i think it's lake merritt isn't it i think so too anyways um and then also 
one of the things that's been happening, getting traction in the last couple of years is getting an, a WNBA expansion or relocation team to the city of Oakland as well. Mm-hmm. There's no WNBA team in the Bay Area. The last team we had up there was the Sacramento yeah, Monarchs, now, and they folded years ago. Yeah, but now you're hoping like for all this different infrastructure that needs to be a part of this like one proposal situation. And the A's can't count on that. Like The infrastructure is already there in Howard Terminal. You literally build the stadium, and the village is already there. People are going to stay there. Jacqueline Square is going to like thrive. You know what I mean? So I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but like that, and also you're hoping for, you're hoping for the roots to become an MLS team. You're hoping for there to be like an actual market outside of the city of Oakland for an MLS team, which we've seen with the earthquakes, you know, some kind of a market, but at the same time, John Fisher doesn't put money into that team and they don't put a good product on the field. Chris Wanolowski was on that team for like 20 years. He was their best player. Uh, you know, and then you're talking about also like the market for the WNBA. I mean, it's just like there's it doesn't have man. to it doesn't have to be anything glamorous. Yeah. I don't know if like if you had a chance um I don't know have you driven by the the San Diego State football stadium yet? Snapdragon No, stadium I heard never? it's fucking badass though. It's but it's it's small. It's mm-hmm. super quaint. You don't yeah, it's even thirty thousand, right? Thirty thousand people. It, it looks even if you drive by it, it looks like less. Same thing with mm-hmm. uh, BMO. This is the second week of where we're talking about it. Or, or, BMO is fucking tight. Yeah, BMO or Bank of California, where the um, uh, LAF, where LAFC plays. Mm-hmm. It's not a huge stadium either. It's like you don't have to build this big ass. I'm not talking thing. about the size of the stadium. I'm talking about like the things around it that bring people there and keep them there. Yeah, but like it. I'm saying, like, if there's any land, like, that could be a possibility. And plus, like, I don't – even Susan, um, Susan Slusser was, Brit like, kind of, like, uh, you know, banging the drums again, being like, the Coliseum site was always the best one because Bart's there. The, it's right off the freeway. The uh, Oakland Airport, around the corner, you can take the Bart now. You can now take the Bart um, Express to the, the airport. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, that was always the better site. And even back in the day, you had Lou Wolf pretty much when they were trying to get us the stadium built 20 years ago, mm-hmm. almost, was saying they would prefer the Coliseum site. Uh, but to kind of go back to original point, because we went on this little bit of a tangent, Oakland does deserve a lot of blame. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's kind of hard to blame the city when right now it really just seems like they're just managing to stay afloat above you brought it up with um, uh, the modern dis- like fall of the city, the, the American city mm-hmm. with San Francisco. And it kind of goes back to a uh, group chat. I'm not going to say any names, but if he listens to this, he's going to know. And already I said my two cents to him. But uh, one of our friends pretty much came out. Well, he's like, well, I'm happy to leave because Oakland's a shithole. I've got news for you, pal. The Bay Area is a shithole right now, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Outside of your your pockets of your Walnut Creeks, your San your San Ramon, your uh, we should just Alamo. do this PB this uh, PBS like podcast because you're touching on it right now. Yeah, it's, it's the rise of urban communities within the suburbs as opposed to yeah. the, in the fall of the American city. Yeah, but and like in Marin County. All that, yeah, that's fine. Everywhere else, I, in the... that's what I'm saying. Like you just mentioned a bunch of places like Walnut Creek. It's a it's a urban style small community in the suburbs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I live in one in Glendale. It's the same thing. I there. live in one in El Segundo. Yeah, it's true. the same thing. But it's like you go out. But if you go outside those pockets, you just go a little bit far down the street, and you're gonna end up like in a in a 
rough part of at least for Glendale, you might end up in a rough part in Burbank. And it's that's what happened in the Bay Area. A lot of that area isn't great right now. Mm. Our hometown, Antioch, not the best. It, and now it's starting to trickle in over to Brentwood and Oakley. Um, Concord has its issues. No, Brent, downtown Brentwood's become one of those those urban urban villages. Yeah, but now what's been happening, talking with family members and stuff who live around that area now and have kids go to school in Brentwood, what was happening with us when we were in middle school and high school mm-hmm. um, where we're starting to have a whole different kind of generation of people moving into Antioch, mm-hmm. which was to me, I, I'm grateful for it because it was massive exposure to just different communities and different worlds I didn't know at the time. Sure, um, it had its hiccups, and now we're people are starting to see that at Brentwood. So, to kind of a little bit, I mean, so to kind of generalize the city of Oakland like as the only bad pock in the Bay Area right now is mm-hmm. is a nasty look. But me. also, the people who say that have never spent time in Oakland, though. I, my dad said the same thing to yeah, me the other day. Because I love downtown Oakland. I've I've hung out there a bunch of times. Like Drake's Brewery is fucking amazing. Like every pretty much everything on, on a oh fuck, what street is that? Is it Main Street? I think it is Main Street. Like there, there's just so much like shit down there. There's a bunch of like like um, uh, there's a brewery down there. Oh, that's like a big one in the Bay Area. I can't remember. I mean, there, there's the Samuel breweries down there. Drake's car dealership. Yeah, but, but there's another one, but I can't. I yeah. can't remember. But yeah, I mean, like. I, I, I had a, I had a Giants friend who said that to me. He was just like, "Oakland's a shithole. Like, no, no one, no one goes there." But I was like, "I'm curious." As, I mean, you're you're from Marin County, or not from? You're from uh, the peninsula. You grew up like a white privileged kid. Like, I'm curious as to how much time you've actually spent in the city of Oakland. You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, and and then the whole thing about like they don't have the the market for that. The Bay Area is the fifth largest media market in the country. They share that market. So you can't, like, make the argument that the Giants dominate the media market. No, they share that market. That's just how media markets work. So that doesn't make any sense. They get the same amount of exposure as the Giants do in that media market. Reaches They reach the same amount of people. So that's not a good excuse for me either. Like, I mean, it, uh, yeah. No, it, and it's it's truly like – And I, I want – real quick, I, I know I've sounded really, like, cynical this entire podcast for listeners. I'm not cynical. I'm just trying to – hit all the angles so that we understand it because i feel like a's twitter and the a's community has been very much inside their perspective and we need to in order to understand the situation a little bit more and to like really unpack it to figure out hopefully like what the the actual outcome can potentially be we need to have a wider understanding of all the perspectives that are going into this. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. The last do, week, we it's been nothing but on Ace Twitter. It's been nothing but like just bashing ownership, bashing, and the, it's all true. But like we're seeing it from a one track mind. We're being very narcissistic in the way that we're thinking about this, and we need to like just open that a little bit. Like the Charles Barkley quote is uh we are going to start a dialogue. So that's that. But, um, I, and it's true. Like I, you know, I was, I, I consider Oakland my second home as a kid yeah. because my mom was born in Oakland, um, raised on 40th Avenue right off international. My dad was moved to Oakland when he was 19 or so years old. And a lot of his twenties, we're spending Oakland. His first memories of living 
or his first time visiting Oakland was because my oldest, my dad's oldest brother was living there, and he took him to a Raider game. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Yeah, I remember going to Raider games. Or I remember going to soccer games at Keyser Stadium in Golden Gate Park across the bay." And then he was mm-hmm. talking about going to A's games and stuff, and he fell in love. And it was, that's never been the same ever since. And I grew up going to Oakland, not just because of A's games, but going to go visit my grandparents on 40th Avenue, going yeah. to Fruitvale, going to check out like the you know festivities and stuff that would be going on over there, or like getting to see the special tree and going to Jack London Square. So like it's more than just the A's to me. Mm-hmm. It's it's my it's my heritage. It's my my kind of ideology of kind of like a, a lot of the person that I, I feel am like, today. I feel like a lot of people also yeah. on the East Bay just identify with the city of Oakland. You know what I mean? It's like if you meet someone from like Dorchester, Massachusetts, if that is a place, I think it is. Probably. Um, they're like, boss until the day I die. You know, we're, you know, it's, it's the, it's the same thing, you know, you know, obviously there's San Francisco there too, but like the East, East Bay, like that is our, that is our, our. And you know why we've been living down, we've both been living in Southern California for this August is going to be 10 years for me. I think you've been pretty close to 10 years as well. Yeah. Um, nine years. Um, yeah, nine years. Yeah, who's counting? But I think a part of people only say all oh, barrier. People only stop at the front of the barrier. But blah, blah blah blah. It's not necessarily. Yes, it is a part of that. But I think it's because of the mentality that comes from cities like Oakland and comes from cities like Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and come from um, Philadelphia and come yeah. from these cities that are like scrappy blue collar cities. That stuff kind of that mentality weighs on the community and it gets passed down from generation to generation. Mm. So when you see, when people get upset, when I've told them, if this team ends up leaving, I legitimately don't think I can follow them. And they get upset with me saying that, oh, well, you're a Raider fan. You still fall in the Vegas. It's totally different. It's completely different because the Raiders moved. The Raiders, it's like the, uh, I saw a clip one time where someone was like, the Raiders can be playing on Mars, and I'll still be following that team, right? Well, I think the difference. I, I think the difference. Be, so, like, I'm glad you brought this up because I want to touch on this, and then we'll take a break, and we'll do A's news, and then we'll call the podcast. But uh, I, I want, I wanted, to, I wanted to touch on this because I think this is really important because I've heard a lot of people say this. Uh, they're like, well, because they asked me the same question, like, are you going to follow the A's to Vegas? And I said, there's, if they move to Vegas, there's no fucking way in hell I'm going to be an A's fan anymore. Like, as much as I love this team, as much as it means so much to my family, my, uh, you know, my fucking personality, my, I mean, who, yeah, who I am as a person, my, my upbringing. I mean, like, my parent, my grandparents, was, I have pins up there on the wall, uh, we're in my apartment again, up on the wall of all like the last like six seasons of my grandparents season ticket holders uh holder seasons uh yeah there's a couple there's like 2001s up there 2000 2000s up there 2002 yeah Jason Giambi MVP yeah Julio one. that's looking bomb. at right now for the listeners um but uh yeah i mean like that that you know it's so much of who i am my uh my graduate high school graduation present from my grandma was um the season ticket holder grandma was a authentic um a's jersey with my name on the back like which was very expensive back in the day it was you know like there you know it list goes on and on and on but like i just can't support this ownership i can't support this owner i can't like all the things that they did and and the difference between I know what listeners are. Some listeners are thinking like, "Oh, well, the Raiders owner did the same thing." No, he didn't do the same thing. Mark Davis, year after year, and Al Davis, year after year, 
attempted to put a good product on the field. It was incompetent the way that they did it, and it but didn't work tried. out. But they tried. They did on before Mark Davis was at his wit's end because what it seems like now after hearing him speak on it, the A's pushed him out, did everything he could to keep that team in Oakland. Mark Davis grew up in Oakland. He loves that city. He did everything he could until he literally was at on his last leg. So he had to do something. Um, also, he's a poor owner in terms of football. So he had to do something to bring the revenue up. So that makes sense. So it's just like, and John Fisher has done, he's a, he's worth $3 billion. He's done nothing to turn this team around. He, has had plenty of opportunities to put good products on the field. He refuses to do so. He pockets all the money he can. That's why he does everything he can just to be like in the top of revenue. I mean, it's just it's just a joke and I and and it's completely different. So, for the listeners who are wondering, this I don't know what it means for the future of this podcast, unfortunately. We're going to write out this year and we'll see what happens, but I will be an A's fan until the last day that they are in Oakland. If that's three years from now, if that's this year, I will root my ass off for that team. But the second that they move to Vegas, I am fucking out. Agreed. Unfortunately. Yeah. I hate to I hate to do it. Now, if the ownership changes down years down the line, maybe, but I will probably be too invested in another team by that point to come back. Um and here so I think a couple things before we go into Tay's news, a couple things I wanted to kind of get out there. One what can be done to get your voice out there? Well, you all know about the reverse boycott game that's getting put together. My parents uh, are going to that. Oh, oh awesome. Good. Yeah. Uh, that's getting put together by the uh, Unrooted Oregon fan, uh, fan organization. Uh, we talked about the previous season ticket holders putting Dude. it together. Stu. Uh, he very- was actually also, I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but if you're looking to have it here mm-hmm. a little bit more about that, he was actually on the Ricky Henderson of Blogs podcast with our boys Alex and Hal, where he actually went into a little more details about what they're doing, what they're putting together. If you want to hear more about it, go do so. That game is going to be taking place in on, was it June? June 13th. June 13th against Saturday, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, another thing that you can do, Tomorrow is uh, tomorrow, Friday, April twenty eighth is going to be the first A's home game since the news of the Vegas move happening. During that game at five p.m., they're going to be having a protest on the Coliseum pedestrian bridge, so the bridge mm-hmm. between Bart and the Oakland Coliseum. Uh, and if you want to go give your support, but you don't want to give your dollar to this ownership, that's how you're going to do it. Continue to protest. Uh, Continue to do what you can if you're in the Bay Area to put your voice out there. We try to do what we can from this distance where we're putting out tweets, we're putting out these podcasts. Uh, But the best thing we can do right now is be loud, be persistent, because there is still a chance they're going to stay. And there's still a chance that this ownership group can go. I can't tell you how much of a chance that is, but there is a chance. Now, before we jump into today's news... Um, before we take our break, Chris, I think the healthiest thing we can do is uh, let's just get off our chest. What what, what would you – like? let's just say something to John Fisher and, and Dave Cavill. I think I've said enough on this podcast throughout the last three years. Oh, this is our fourth season, right? Yes. Uh, te- yeah. Yeah. To that, to 2020 was our first season. So this is our fourth season of doing the pod. 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've said enough to them, especially John Fisher, the last four seasons. I don't – 
I don't think anybody who regularly listens to this podcast doesn't know how I feel about this ownership. Um, so I'm not gonna. I don't. It's just not worth my breath anymore. As sad as that sounds, it's just like he like talking about them and what they've done to this this team, this fan base is and it's just a broken record at this point. It's not worth my time to like to get angry over it, to be sad about it, to be depressed about it. So I'm just not going to do that anymore. I am for the remainder of my A's fan period, it's just going to be all trying to be positive and enjoying this team. That is the most zen thing I've heard you say. I don't say a lot of zen things. I'm a pretty angry yeah, person. That's, yeah, that's yeah, I was going to say you're you're a pretty angry guy. No, but... I'm not I'm not an angry Okay, let me, let me just check that. I'm not an angry person. I'm actually a really happy person as you know, Julio, because when my highs are high, they're a good time. I'm just uh I'm just very vocal about my emotions. I don't hold them in. You're you, you know, that's what it is, I think. You're, you're very, uh, that, in my opinion, that's what it is. I just don't hold my emotions in. I don't like that I'm and telling I don't you step ar- and I don't step around words i just say what it is i don't like that i'm telling you this because you're going to take it to the bank but you're very much a ron swanson oh yeah for sure yeah, yeah. without the the handiness what's of a non-gay cutting. way to ask him to go camping with <laughs> that's my favorite line from that he said on that show it's so funny uh, but uh if you really want to hear how we feel uh damon bruce formerly of 95 7 he's, oh, he's man. currently he doing all. yeah he's currently doing his own kind of thing i don't know if he's doing it a twitch stream or a youtube stream uh but if you just want to google damon bruce john fisher pull up the episode that he talks about it and skip to the seven minute and 20 second mark he, he'll say i think how we all truly feel about this guy all i'm going to say is john fisher dave cavill you both can go to hell i hope nothing good ever happens for you for the rest of your life because you've really disenfranchised and not listen to people who really would have had your back for everything. Um, I want to say something about Dan Bruce really quick, because I don't know what, what, where his loyalty lies in baseball, to be honest with you. I don't know if he's ever shared that. I just haven't heard it, but he has been on our side, at least in terms of Bay area media for as long as I can remember. And I just want to give like a big, like appreciation and like, Pat on the, like when 95.7, like, you know, when 95.7 first came up, they were the ace flagship station and they did a good amount of like ace coverage. And then it was towards like the mid 2010s that they just like stopped and it was all Giants coverage. And because I, they must have tested the market and saw that Giants got more listeners, something like that. And every single show on that radio network completely switched their programming and Damon Bruce like refused to. He still covered the A's religiously. And I just want to like yeah, I just want to give him props cuz to this day and you look at Bay Area sports media still the same thing. Really not a lot of A's coverage especially on the radio and podcast side, but he still does it. And we know this is true because we've talked to Alex multiple times about it, and he's like, they pretty much don't let. They me won't let work, him. Work they don't let him. That's why because there's no that's why all of his A's, that's why all of his A's content is on Ricky blogs and not on Odyssey at 957.com because they won't let him do it. It's insane to me. Yeah, um, but that's pretty much. I think the best thing we can do as a fan base because this team is god awful right now. We're going to be talking about Dude. them soon. We gotta have a little bit of faith. You just it's the because really it's the only thing that we have right now. Yeah. Because there are a lot of avenues where this thing can go sour. Just for now, 
light some sage. If you're a religious person, say your prayers. There is still a chance that this can stay. Um, so all we all we can do right now is just hope. Just that little dose of hopium. Hold on to it. Do we want to say what fan bases we could go to, or should we not? Um. Yeah. Would that be disrespectful to the A's fan base? No, or... because actually, that's kind actually, of part, that's part of the conversation on A's Twitter right now. It's yeah. like, Where are we going? And I've already I already said this on the Twitter spaces, so I'm going to yeah. say this again. Yeah. If any of you A's fans become Giants fans, you're dead to the rest of the A's fan base. I'm saying that right now. No offense to our Giants friends. Uh, I look. We talk a lot of crap about the Giants. We talk a lot of crap about their fan base. It's, I don't. Really, and it's all in my I think issues. It's, my issue is not with the Giants. It's Giants fans who ignorantly who don't know anything about their team, and they come to me and they talk shit, and I know more about their team than they do. No, well, that's that's because the World Series here. But I'm talking about lifelong Giants. Still to this day, they do. I, it but I'm talking about our friends that are lifelong Giants fans that we can tar- have. Yeah. Until, I'm talking about our boy Tanner Wilkerson. Yeah. Irvin Herrera, Jesse Nick Cohn, Blachey, Jesse Cohn, Sean McTeer, Uncle Mike. Yeah, these are people who are diehard Giants fans. Yeah. Where like, I'll like, I will talk to you about this, but I'm not saying it's a Giants fan issue with this. To me, it's this issue of our stadium dilemma. Yeah. all comes down to the Giants not helping out the A's when they needed the help in San Jose. Even though the San Jose site, the whole reason the Giants own that territory is because the A's when they were they when the Giants. We're potentially looking to move in Tampa Bay. Go look up your history books. Go look up Wikipedia. What do you want to do? When the Giants were potentially moving we to Tampa Bay side. in the early 90s, in the, hopes that the they Giants got – damn it, Chris. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I, I, just, I, I just – when it comes to proving – just having more knowledge than Giants fans, I just – I'm like yeah, a little kid. Yeah, but the, Gi- the A's on that site, and they gave it to the Giants. The Haas, the Haas family gave it to the Giants because it's like – all us fellas, you guys have this. And well, it wasn't sight, it, felt it was territory rights. Territory, territory rights. Yeah. So when the A's were looking to build Cisco Field back in the late 2000s, uh, the Giants said no. Yeah. Because that was theirs. So it was a slap in the face. So I, I blame this in Giants ownership. So no, nobody become a Giants fan. Our fan, and we're both in the same boat. Yeah, I'm I'm deciding between the, the Dodgers and the Padres. Uh Nice, Julio. Um, I'm deciding between the Dodgers and it's not the big deal. He just knocked over he the the, the look of shame on Julio's face. <laughs> he just knocked over his water bottle. It's all good. Um uh the uh I'm between the Dodgers and the Padres. Um I'm leaning Dodgers because I've watched the Dodgers so much and I just like this town has such a love for that team and <clears throat> it would be easy to jump on that bandwagon, but they're so hard to watch. Not because of the product, because they're literally – it's hard to watch them. It's literally hard to pull them up on my television to watch because of their of their television rights that they have and, and how they're, like, only on Spectrum and you have to have Spectrum cable to watch it. It drives me fucking insane. So we'll see. The, the Padres are so easy to watch because we're not in San Diego territory. We just pull it up on MLB TV and just watch it that way. So – I don't know. Both teams are good too, which is fun. Both owners are great ownerships. They invest in their team, um, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It's gonna be between those two. I you have history with San Diego though, because of Ann Whitney. Yeah, from, of course. Your and, girlfriend's look, from San and Whitney's Diego. yeah, uh, and Whitney's family is from Dodge, San Diego. Padre fans too, right? Ish. Technically, ish. I mean, they're you know they followed them a lot last year, but it's like one, the Petco Park is incredible. Yeah, it's a beautiful stadium. 
the best, some of the best beer selection of any stadium. Great food options. Mm-hmm. San Diego kicks ass, and it's a fun time. And plus, you know, Bowmel. I get to follow Bowmel. That's gonna be yeah. Great. But I like going to games, man. And like, it's just it would be inconvenient. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I can go to a Dodger game any day of the week. That's one thing I love about it here. Yeah, know. and and Angels, the, fuck no. And it's people ask about the Angels. And I'm like, look, no offense to John, John Fresh, host of Locked On A's and Locked On Angels. Um, no offense to them, but it's like. I think becoming an Angels fan would be even sadder than Peter's fan. <laughs> no, that would be like a that would be like a, a Raider fan becoming a Chargers fan, Chargers fan, or, yeah, yeah, or a or a Broncos fan. Like that yeah. just doesn't make sense. But and plus, like I live 15 minutes away from Dodger Stadium. I love going to Dodgers games. Um, great histories there. A lot of my really close friends down here are Dodgers fans. So it seems yeah. like an easier transition. It would be easier if I could watch the goddamn games. But Yeah, but well, that, I, that, I hope, that could change when TV rights deals in. So. I hope it doesn't come to this, though. I hope I'm going to be a lifelong A's fan because they're staying in Oakland. No, yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break. If you guys want to stick around and talk about the last week of the A's or listen to us talk about the last week of the A's, we're going to do that. So we'll be right back. They won uh, one of three games against Texas this past weekend, and they won one of four uh, against the Angels during the week, which if you didn't tune into that Monday game, it was on Fox Sports FS1. That was actually a really fun game. So they uh, scored 11 runs total in the first inning. If you are a betting man like myself, um, they hit the over because the over over under was, I think, Nine and a half. They hit the over in the first inning, Julio, which is pretty cool. Um, in the first inning, they in the did. First inning, God damn. Because the over under was nine and a half, and they had eleven runs. It was seven to four in the first inning. Um, but that was a fun game. Uh, a lot of runs, a lot of hits, um, a lot of home runs. Um, went to extra innings, and the A's pulled it out, which was pretty cool. Um, and then it was downhill after that. But I will say, the next day um, was uh, Kyle Muller pitched a pretty good game. You know, run support wasn't there. Um, but, yeah, you know, t- it's just what the A's have been doing lately. Uh, I see this as an improvement because they have got swept in back-to-back series point. against the Mets and the Cubs. So, hey, they won two games. So put it on the board, baby. Can we talk about Shitaro Fujinami? Like, yes, that was the big news er, of the week. Yeah. I, He's moved to the bullpen I in don't, case you didn't I mean, see. Yeah, but I, I don't, just don't know – I mean, yeah, he's 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 a he's a reliever because he always looks good for two innings and then he just fucking gets lit up. It's the AJ Puck experience. We we traded AJ Puck, but we somehow brought him back in. Except he's now Japanese and throws right-handed. Yeah. Do you think that's a like a velocity thing? It when se- you're so dependent on velocity, it's like I'm- after after a couple innings, hitters just kind of figure it out. That's a pretty interesting point because. During the game today, where they uh, that the inning where they actually scored runs out of the five run inning against Otani, yeah. the big part of it was like Otani was control was starting to fall apart a little bit, yeah. where a lot of stuff was hitting in the dirt and getting away and all this stuff. So like, and Otani throws a hundred and two mm-hmm. consistently, which seems illegal, but um, it, it could be just a control issue. Um, I think where. I'm not putting it all on him too because this is a historically bad rotation 
I was listening to the game on the way over here, and uh, Korak or Contronio, one of the two, brought up that the A starter ERA this season, Chris, can you guess what their starting ERA is? I, I looked it up today, though. I know it's 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 the 30th in the league. I just don't know what it was. Nine. They have, ERA yeah, is nine. Never um, seen that for before. For the listeners, Fujinami on Saturday against the Rangers. Granted, the Rangers are first in the ALS and third in all of American League, so they're a pretty good team this year. But um, he gave up seven runs – or seven hits, eight runs. Um, only one of those is a home run. Uh, it's, I mean, it's just, he only threw, four... <laughs> so he threw 72 pitches, only 42 of them were strikes. So, wait. Oh, God. That's not good. That's not good. You have to have a higher, you have to have a higher rate than that. It's pretty bad. That's not great. Yeah. I've seen worse, but that's not good. I mean, for some, you have to. We just have to remember that he's, he's pretty much a rookie. He's no Bar, Bar, uh, Bartolo Bartolo Colon. I'll say oh, that. that. That big, beautiful, sexy man with like what was the the record? He the most consecutive strikes. Yeah, it was. In a row? That, God, was that was fucking wonderful. wild. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah, I we'll see how he does in the bullpen, but he's not a he's just not a starter. It's and not gonna and now it's just turning to a revolving door in a rotation. Um, Luis Medina was called up yesterday. Yeah, and uh, spoiler alert, it didn't go well no. as well. Um, and now there's no timetable for Paul Blackburn to return. Uh, it sounds like um, oh my god, I'm totally spacing on his name. Uh, guy who was playing the Korean leagues is now playing in Triple A. Um, I'm blinking too. Yeah. Anyways, it's going to be getting worse before it gets better. Yeah, but I mean, there's good signs in the rotation. Like Mason Miller looked really good. The, he, so let's compare him and Fujinami. Both guys throw heat, right? Miller's throwing like 100. Fujinami's throwing like 98, just consistently. But the big difference is Mason Miller has a wide, a much wider variety of pitches, dude. Like, he's throwing – I mean, it's not just a fastball. Fujinami throws a fastball or a cutter. Like, that's pretty much it. I don't know how much fool – like, I mean, and I guess he throws a changeup. There's not much fooling – is it a changeup or is it a curveball? I can't remember. But there, there's not much fooling when you have, you know, a short number of pitches. I, I don't know, man. Drew Rizinski. That's Sweet. his name. Drew Rizinski is going to be coming up. Hopefully it starts – Stops the bleeding a little bit, but um, mm. I, I I don't – it really is disappointing because I thought coming into this season yeah. the offense was going to be the issue and, and that the rota- <laughs> and the rotation was going to be a little more even kill. Yeah. The offense was great this last We're week. We're bottom of the league in run differential. Yeah. The offense was great this week. Yeah. They put up, what, uh, six, seven runs today, Thursday's game. Yeah. Um, of course, we have Monday night where you have the first time in A's history – where two and two players had back-to-back home runs oh, yeah, twice cool. in a game with the uh, Rooker of the Year, yeah, and Jesus Aguilar. They uh, did it again today. Rook, uh, Rooker, Rooker hit and, another home run. And Langadier, Bangadier, Bangaliers. Yeah, Shea Langaliers is on pace for what thirty home runs on this season, man. dude. Brent Roker's on pace for forty home runs. Like they, they won't do that. But yeah, still. but like it's we're it's great. We're seeing yeah. even if it's not, you know, there's uh, talent there. Hester Ruiz has been pretty consistent for most of the year. I think um, 
Yeah, he's hitting 280. Yeah, which is like, hell yeah, leadoff hitter for this team? That's yeah. great. Um, but it's kind of baffling to think that the rotation was going to be the issue. And, and the bullpen. The bullpen's kind of shin the bed. And yeah. They were playing pitching pretty well for the first few weeks of the season. Um, and we said last week we thought it would be Jackson, who's the closer. It looks like it's Familia, which is interesting. But, Me Familia? Um, sure. Uh, and... Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, um, that brings me a point since we're talking about this like group of players. Who do you think our All-Star is going to be? <sighs> I can't even tell you. I think it's maybe Rooker at this point to see how he goes. I don't think there's anybody in this rotation. I thought maybe. that too. But I- the... I think it's Langoliers. You know what you're right. Because I looked at what he, where he, because look, the, 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 uh, the off-field of market seems a little bit crowded for Roker to, to slide in there. I looked at the catcher market. So Langoliers is second amongst catchers in home runs in the American League. He's second in RBIs. His average is not good, but. And and uh, his um, his defensive numbers, like his defensive war, is uh, uh, I think like third in the league in catchers. Uh, he's got a um, uh, his caught stolen base uh, percentage is like twenty seven percent. Like that's really fucking good for a catcher. Like um, especially this season when stealing bases is like easier than ever. Sean Murphy's like uh, like regular like caught stealing uh, percentage was uh, 34% last year, and he won a gold glove last year. Did he win last year or the year before? I thought it was last year. Well, he was a finalist last year regardless, though. I th- You know what? I- so I think, it, I think it's going to be Shea just because of the market of the catcher in the American League. It's just, hard. it's just easier to get in. Yeah, so here's some potential guys who would go over him. Uh, I think Ad- Adley Rutschman will probably be the starting yeah. catcher yeah. in the American League. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Former Oakland great Jonah Heim has also been playing pretty well out there. Yeah, but but Langlier's numbers are better with the bat. That's that true. Average. That's true. You got more uh, home runs and more RBIs. Another former Oakland great Christian Bethcourt has been playing well out there. Alejandro Kirk, um, Cal Raleigh. But I I say all this to say that yeah, I think he actually would make. It's sense, probably going to be him. Yeah, which I would I would love it. His first full season as an Oakland A really is more or less his rookie year. Mm-hmm. He will be an all-star. That'd be great. Is is that who you're also leaning to, I'm assuming? Yeah, I because I today that came up when, when Rooker and, and uh, Roker and um, Langoliers hit the home runs back-to-back, and I was like, it's probably going to be Roker. And then I was like – and then I looked at the market, and I'm like, ah, just outfield is too tough for Roker to, to slide in there. And then, like, we don't have any pitchers that are standing out, so they're not going to put a pitcher in there. Uh, like, Langoliers just makes the most sense. Yeah, the pitching is uh, not our strong suit right now, to say no. the least. Um. All right, let's um let's pick our player of the week and then um our ETT and yeah. then we'll call it a. Let's call it. first off, let's do a quick recap on who we picked last week. I picked another none other than Mister Anthony Kemp. I don't know if anybody calls him Anthony. I hope hope not. Uh, I picked Tony Kemp. And uh, he stunk. He went three for twelve, batted two fifty. Not much going on. 
Chris, you picked Mr. Action Jackson. Yeah, he didn't do much. Yeah, he, he only also pitched two games, I think. He pitched two innings, three strikeouts. He had an ERA of four point five. He did. I mean, did pretty good considering this 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 um bullpen. But I thought he was going to be the closer. That's why I picked him, and that didn't yeah uh, that... mean much. Yeah, didn't uh, didn't pan out the end. Yeah. So Chris, who do you have for your essential tool of this coming week? Player of the week or essential? Tool? Or let's go. Yeah, player of the week. Sorry. Uh, Langoliers. Bangaliers. Because he had like three home runs this week. It was insane. It was tight. I fuck with him. He's on my fantasy team. Excuse me. Started him today and he crushed it. Yeah. And uh, screw it. I'm going to go the other end. Let's go uh, Brent Rooker. Nice. Brent just There's not, abs- not a lot of options. Not a lot of no, options. Unfortunately. For us. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, two absolute studs. I think they're they're giving us a little bit of excitement in these watching these teams. Yes. Fucking. Um, Langoliers almost had a grand slam if it wasn't for yeah. that play from Taylor Ward and left. So yeah. good stuff there. Um, cool. And then who is your player to watch for the coming week? Who's your essential tool of the week? Oh, my God. I just, like, it's going to pain me to pick him. But it, it's so important, especially with how the bullpen has been, and it's Fuji. I want to see how he fits in the bullpen okay. and how Mark Kotze uses him. Because remember – he was pitching every Saturday. He wasn't pitching every fifth day. He was pitching every Saturday, specifically every Saturday, because that's how they do it in Japan. So how is he going to be with like this kind of like shaken up routine? You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So you know, Fuji. the Japanese, they love their routines. I think. I don't know. I'm just making that up right now. Yeah. De- debatable. I don't know enough. All right, Julio, get off your phone and pick a essential tailgate tool of the week. I am on my phone because I'm writing down your answers so we can remember for future episodes. Oh, I thought you were texting right. about so the NFL draft. Get out of here. Uh, mine is going to be, I already brought him up, uh, Drew Rosinski is going to be making his A's debut this week. Yeah, he's going to, I've, I, that name doesn't sound familiar. So. Yeah, so uh, he was an off-season signing. He was p- previously pitched in the last couple of years in the Korean Baseball League before kind of nice. being a journeyman in baseball. Um, the, more or less the reason I'm picking him is I just want to see if Anybody in this area to raise rotation can help stop the bleeding for a little bit. Yeah. Something we we've what we've been seeing is like guys will go out there, they will pitch three or four solid innings, mm. and then that second or third time around the rotation around the lineup, things just completely fall apart. We yeah. saw it with uh, uh, Waldachuk. We saw it with Muller. Fuji was a big one too. Uh, so let's see if we can just see a little bit of stability coming out from the veteran with Drew Rosinski. So let's see how he does. Okay, cool. So the A's are back home. Um, Cincinnati for three games this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, day off on Monday, and then Seattle comes to town um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Day game Thursday. Um, Cincinnati, maybe we can get some wins. Um, Seattle is going to probably sweep us. So that's fun. I got a big smile on my face. For it's, like got the sar- it's a sarcastic smile. At least we got the Warriors. At least we got the Warriors. Um, Excellent one yeah, last night. Yeah, so for you Kings fans out there, leave me the fuck alone. Fuck off. My nice. cousin Chris, that particularly is directed towards you. Shut up. Remember who you're playing. The Kings are up on up and coming. They're going to be – I mean, they are – They're going to be the big players in the west in the years to come and the warriors are probably on decline but it ain't happening yet so fuck you guys it this series reminds me a lot of the 
twenty twelve thirteen series Warriors Spurs second round where like you could tell like oh shit the Warriors are like this changing might be of the, the tides guy. this is the change of the tides the big dogs yeah but guess what not yet fuckers not yet all right so that'll do it for Town Tailgate thank you for listening um it was a tough one to get through today but I hope you guys enjoyed it and got some insight and expanded your mind a little bit um follow us on at town tailgate we are part of the fan first sports network and last but not least julio let's go oakland (laughs) oakland forever oh